Hello and welcome to a new episode of Starside Chat, which is our official podcast about video games that I do with my friend Zach. Uh, my name is Aaron, and I'm with Zach. How's it going, Zach? Hi. Yes, I'm here too. I have a, a question for you to lead into something, or oh. lead into our news, I guess. Very excited about this. What is a franchise that would make the next great AR game? So, like, Pokemon Go, but, like, what franchise could adapt, be adapted for that? Hmm. Now, are we saying with current AR technology, like, it still has to be on a phone, or you're talking about in an ideal world where... You have glasses. Uh, either I guess that's interesting because uh, glasses would is the future eventually. One of these days they'll come up with that. But like glasses, I think there's a lot that could be done with Pokemon Go, which originally was an AR game, but now no one uses the AR features. Yeah. If gla- like when glasses start to become a thing, if you can put those on, load into a Pokemon Go mode, and just be like walking around a mall and see a Pokemon, that's next level stuff. And I would even incorporate maybe Pokemon Snap, where you could like take pictures of these Pokemon somehow. Maybe your phone is the camera. Anyway, uh, a new franchise that yeah, I would like to see. What's a franchise see. that, while, while you're thinking about that, the news I had in mind was, of course, Niantic uh, announced that they are partnering with nintendo and so like the first game that they've announced that they're working on is a new pikmin ar game oh yes i did see this so in my mind two franchises that i can think of just sort of off the top of my head that are relevant recently are is um monster hunter because monster hunter rise also came Mm -hmm. out uh, uh, that is the kind of thing where like the whole point of the game is you go, you go out on these hunts and so you're literally going out of like a hub area to go search for these big crazy monsters. And there's like a whole long list of like different monsters that exist in this franchise. So I feel like that would kind of lend itself to mm. like Niantic's, you know, get out and walk around your town or city and like find stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would lend itself pretty well to that style of game. And the other one is the Persona franchise because I've been playing Persona 5 Strikers and basically in those games, you go into this like metaverse and you basically have what amounts to Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and they have different like elemental attacks that they can do and stuff like that. So, I mean, those would be sort of the two that would maybe make the most sense in my mind as franchises that you could adapt to like the Pokemon Go style of game. And now that, now that uh, Niantic is like, I guess, officially partnered with Nintendo... It's possible that either one of those franchises could happen. Not that uh, Nintendo owns um, Atlas, the maker of Persona, but they Monster Hunter is exclusive to Nintendo platform. So you've, yeah. you would think that maybe they could pull something off there. And I don't know what I would want. Like, I thought that my ideal was that Minecraft Earth that is now defunct because yeah. it was a bad... I mean, also the pandemic happened. But uh, in general, like the promise of that was 
you would build structures and leave them in the world and somehow they would be like uh tagged in the world and someone would come upon like if you go to a park you could build your own little thing you could walk around inside it and then leave it there and then someone else that went to that park would see that like a persistent virtual world is what i'm looking for yeah but it ended up not really happening um I don't know. Something that gamifies real life is very interesting to me. Like in the first or second, I forget which one of the uh, Watch Dogs games it was, but one of them had those like AR challenges where you could put on glasses and like basically shoot space invaders, which isn't that also becoming an AR thing? Oh, yeah, that is becoming a thing. That would be crazy. If that was like you put on glasses, you walk outside to a park and you see giant space invaders coming down from the sky, <laughs> that's that would be insane. If you could like put on those glasses, look off on the horizon and see that like a park that's like two miles away has a giant thing hovering above it. That's very interesting to me. And yeah, um, you have to like group up with a bunch of people in your community to like work together to take it down. That would be cool. That would be super cool. Um, we're not there yet. We are on the precipice. Like, people are getting ready to be pushing out, like, beta versions, beta, beta versions of AR glasses. But I don't think we're going to see anything consumer for a couple of years, unfortunately. When we do, though, that's going to be a game changer for sure. Yeah, it'll completely revolutionize Pokemon Go for sure. Uh, Well, actually, how would that work? Because if if it's tied to glasses, then, like, how are you controlling things? You know what I mean? Like, that that is, like, a portal to be able to see stuff, but there's not, like, an input method that way unless you're also using your phone. I've watched a lot of videos about this. Because, um, like, whenever there's, like, an Oculus Connect, they have, like, big developer things about, like, what does the future of VR look like? And basically what it looks like is like common gestures throughout all apps basically like left clicking and right clicking need to be like we all know what a left click and a right click is on a mouse but we need to know what the analog for that is in a hand gesture basically right um so you know people talk about like the smart pinch or like you know expanding with your hand basically what it's going to be is like a whole new version of sign language for uh, you know, interacting with things that aren't there is what I think it is. As long as your hands are in view of what you can see, the glasses will interpret those hand motions as, you know, different actions. Hmm. But very exciting stuff. And I mean, also, I mean, we talk a lot about like hand tracking and whatnot, but it always is going to feel great to have a controller. So I could see, especially, I mean, this isn't a great I was going to suggest like, oh yeah, you'll just have like a fake gun that you walk around (laughs) with and it'll like shoot fake things. But if you're just like walking around a park, waving a a fake gun around, that's not going to be a great thing for society. I mean, if you had Um, like a, like a a keychain sized, like little controller that had like a button on it that was also like, had uh, sort of like a joy con that had like some, um, accelerometers in it or whatever that could sense motion this is a perfect use case for a lightsaber which can just like all it is is a handle basically but when you hold it up the blade is you know artificially created and only you can see it yeah kind of a thing but like pokemon go has like the the little what is that called it's like a go something or oh yeah that little keychain thing yeah that like connects via bluetooth and then you just hit a button to like do an auto catch or whatever yeah or auto spin like and it like tracks your uh steps or whatever yeah 
something like that, I feel like, would be a decent solution to that problem. It's going to be a great time when that occurs, but unfortunately, it's a little bit in the future. All right, well, we can move into the news. We got a ton of stuff. Yes, Xbox uh, is finally putting Bethesda games on Game Pass. This is a little dated, but it is something that is happening, and they have also put out more like cryptic messages about like what the future of Bethesda games is going to be because uh, everybody wants to know if like the next Elder Scrolls game and if Starfield is going to be like exclusive to uh, PC and Xbox like is it going to come to Skyrim is on everything it's on Switch it's on it's basically on phones at this point but uh, like are we going to see an Elder Scrolls game that is only on xbox and pc and people are kind of freaked out about it yeah it does concern me but i mean they always come to pc as well so i guess as long as you have a gaming pc you're okay Mm -hmm. um the the problem i have with it like it's cool that the stuff is coming to game pass but like pc game pass versus console game pass is not like there's differences in Mm. like the actual lineup that they have available so that's kind of a little bit of a bummer. I think a good amount of the stuff did come to the PC version of Game Pass. But uh, it's cool that, like, um, it, it just makes that service, like, substantially <laughs> more interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to have, I mean, Bethesda, I mean, they've got so many great franchises that, like, I don't know. It It is a big selling point, to be sure. And... Uh, supposedly there's going to be some form of E3 that happens this summer Mm. and Bethesda is supposed to be heavily involved in whatever, you know, Microsoft's got going on. It's weird because they both had separate conferences in the past. I don't know if they're going to like Microsoft is still going to have like a separate Bethesda one or if they're just going to fold that all into one giant Microsoft I mean, Microsoft knows how to make a press conference. They, their one, I guess last year, I don't think they had, they had some sort of thing last year, but like that one that we watched where it started out with Halo Infinite and then it ended with Cyberpunk was like a really great press press conference. And I could see them, I mean, they could basically do that again with like, oh, here's Halo Infinite again, (laughs) Uh, but it's good this time. And also, like, here is the, like, next-gen version of Cyberpunk that is super fixed and everything. Um, Which... Also, here is Starfield. <laughs> well, but that that makes me wonder, because Bethesda, one of the things I like about their press conference is, like, when they have, like, a new game to unveil, they really deep-dive it. Because they, they have, like, a full press conference, and they obviously don't have the number of games they're trying to show off as like Sony or Microsoft. So they mm. they have the time to like here's everything new in the the next Fallout game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, and that's like that really builds the hype around those games. And like if they're gonna do that for Starfield, that would be awesome. If they just like come out with like. Um, Todd Howard walks out on stage and is like, here's Starfield, and this is what the game is. This is how everything works. This is what you do. Um, I think that will happen. They they yeah. know what they have with Todd Howard. Like, they know he's a showman, and he is like, he's known for these, like, off-the-cuff, like, look at my leather jacket. Also, <laughs> here's this game. Check out my hair but, and leather uh, jacket. Also, games. 
But yeah, if will you if he like will they have time for it all? Do they have to I scale mean, back on the presentation? Well, let's talk about this. I mean, would you watch a three and a half hour Microsoft presentation? Because I would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. If they're going for a virtual press conference as opposed to like an E3, like we're live on stage type of a thing, maybe they can just be like, all right, we're going to go all out and this is going to be three hours long. Where do you stand on Starfield right now as far as like your expectations and how excited you are for it? Uh, I I mean, obviously I'm excited about it. I, if Even if it's sort of elder scrolls but in space like that is sounds very cool to me like i like bethesda's rpgs and the idea of having one set in space is cool the the one thing that has me a little bit like cautiously optimistic as opposed to just like super excited about it is like the engine and sort of the state Mm. of it and you know how is it going to perform especially on like new consoles i guess let me ask you some rapid fire questions okay will this game have multiple planets that you can go to yes do you think you have your own ship that you can customize yes do you think you fly this ship or do you think it's more of a mass effect type thing where you basically just pick locations more of a mass effect thing Interesting. I mean, I I don't know the answers to any of these questions. No, no, this is just like what this I is think. Just, what you think. Uh, yeah, what I assume to be the case. Do you think you? I mean, we saw a little bit of this in Skyrim, and kind of in Fallout Four, where you can recruit people. I never did that because I was always going stealth, and I didn't want people just like walking around. Uh, but do you think you can recruit people in this game? Yes. I, I assume that there, if if not like the normal sort of companion system that they've had in like Fallout and Elder Scrolls, there will there if not that, then some sort of like Mass Effect where situation where you have a group of people. Okay, I have a one final question for you. Okay, if you see a building and you walk up to it and you open the door to it, will you get a loading screen yes, and load into absolutely. that? Absolutely. You think so? Oh yeah. There's there's no like for sure that's sort of part and parcel with the whole Ugh. Bethesda experience. That's such a bummer. <laughs> the question is, will it be just art that you're looking at or will there be an object that you can spin around? It's going to be an object you spin around. <laughs> 100%. But this is we're talking about next gen where there's no load time. Oh, that's true. So, well, then no object to spin around, but there will be like some sort of art screen. And it'll just like that. the the uh, the new you know more powerful consoles will just make it so that the loading screens are not as painful. You think they're going to announce it for PS4 also? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I probably it probably will be one of those that's like multi generation. Hmm. But I don't know. We don't know when it's coming out. Although you so speculation is right now that it might come out this year. Yeah, there was a rumor that Starfield was going to come out in 2021. Uh, I believe it was uh, Venture Beat reporter Jeff Grubb, who's been like, he's got a good track record as far as like leaks go. Like he was the guy that leaked that Mass Effect Legendary Edition was happening 
uh, and he was like on that for like a year before it was like more than a year before <laughs> that was actually launched or announced. So, I mean, he has been accurate in the past. So, and, and the thing he said was that it was targeting a late 2021 release. So, if that is the case, then it, it you're right. It is 100% going to be cross generational. There's no way if it coming if it comes out this year, they 100% are targeting current gen as well as next gen. Yeah, I, well, yeah, because of when they would have started working on it, you yeah. would assume that that would be the case. I don't know, man. Like when that's such a a loaded question because we get all like it's happened like three or four times where we're like Jason Schreier has come out with like, hey, that game that was supposedly in development for like eight years was actually only in development for like the last two or three years. Yeah. Uh, like Anthem and Cyberpunk, like all these elongated uh, production times just seem like a bunch of stops and starts. So who knows when they actually started working on Starfield? Like maybe they were just like, oh, Fallout 76 is not doing great let's all just do that for well a while. i've also heard from like multiple people that that like having it released this year fits with like the usual like bethesda release cycle where they work on something for about four years and then mm-hmm. um and i think they were working on this since fallout 4 released hmm. and i think that would have been about four years when did fallout 4 come out i forget I might be I feel wrong. like that came out a long time it ago. It does feel... Because I definitely played that... It does feel forever. ...and dropped it. Yeah. Man, I don't... Oh, it, it came I, out in 2015, so it's longer than that. Yeah. That was Six a while ago. Months. Yeah, so it... I mean, I don't know exactly when, but... They... Like you said, when they say they've been working on it for this long, like, that could just mean that they were in the idea phase... <laughs> You know, yeah. like, or they get some percent done with it, and then somebody's like, "No, actually, everybody should be flying. Let's redesign this." Yeah, I assume that happens with all games at some point where they're like, yeah. the idea phase is like we're writing stuff down on a whiteboard and like taking notes uh, and just like thinking about what it could be, and then like two years later when they actually start to like, you know, work on the the game itself they're like oh we ran into problems with this idea we're like not doing that or something or maybe like uh, you know a different director came along and like had a different vision for something and sort of took something in a different direction i feel like that is just sort of how it works and it's pretty common but Mm. i mean i don't know what starfield is at this point (laughs) all we've seen from it we've seen one piece of footage like four three e3s ago or something where it was a a very zoomed out shot of what i assume is a a spaceship or a space station orbiting some planet and then i think it like went into hyperspace or something no dialogue no anything i don't think there was any dialogue to that i think it was just music yeah Um, yeah that teaser was short and it uh, so a good question is also like is how fantasy like space fantasy is this going to be or is this more hard sci-fi where it's like um a little bit more the expanse instead of star wars you know what i mean what do you think you would prefer um that's a good question 
I guess it depends on how they handle the story, but I feel like Star Wars is more up Bethesda's sleeve than The Expanse because uh, their RPG elements would almost dictate that it has to be more space fantasy. I don't know. I... I am hungry for more information about Starfield, and I think that we probably will not receive it until around E3, unfortunately. Yeah, I was going to say, I think at E3 this year, it's going to be like a big Starfield thing. Whatever E3 is. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think think it won't. It's a bummer that Bethesda is not going to have their own press conference, but I think they're just going to jam everything that would have been in that into like an hour-long segment of a four-hour Snyder Cut Microsoft press conference. I do hope that happens, yeah. That would be great, but I guess we'll see. Speaking of and then, space RPGs, the Outer Worlds, I guess I should let you say what you were going to say before we move oh, on. Oh, I was just going to make a... I was going to do a jab at uh, Sony, like, and then Sony releases like a, a one-hour press conference where everybody is in a barn and... Uh, <laughs> Some guy plays a banjo for five minutes. But they make everybody get up and leave and go to a different place for like five minutes. And then they, what they an insane... get everybody back up again and move them back again. That's the bookend. That's their last E3 press conference. And they're like, all right, we we nailed it. So no more, I guess. <laughs> like that's what they ended on is just like the worst thing. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know why they chose to do that. They just made it so much more complicated than it needed to be. That guy played that flute. I think there were two musical interludes, I think. There was, there was. was the flute guy for Ghost of Tsushima, and then uh, I think there was a full like banjo thing happening for Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, there was some sort of musical performance for Last of That's Us, because they, they were in the so church, awful. Uh, and that is an actual location in the That's game right. for Last of Us, and then they made everybody get up and leave, and then they like redid the entire like setting to make it look like Ghost of Tsushima or whatever. Very dumb. It was very heavily uh, anyway overdone. <laughs> the Outer Worlds. Yeah, so I, I big part of me wonders how different Starfield's going to feel from The Outer Worlds because The Outer Worlds was made by the makers of Fallout New Vegas. And so they have some like similar styles. Um, but I, I loved The Outer Worlds. There's a, a Murder on Eridanos, I think is how it's said. But there's a, a new DLC out for that. It's the last DLC they're doing. Um, I, I want to say I own both of these DLCs. I just gotta like actually go back in and play. I actually started another playthrough of Outer Worlds last year at one point because I wanted to play the new, uh, DLC perils of the perils on peril on something Gorgon. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's a weird name that I don't remember exactly, but I was like, I, I want to play this, but it's not one of those things where you can just like hop back into your your playthrough and just like pick up where you were at. Like it, it happens. It's like just additional quests along like the main storyline. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to do a new playthrough. So I don't have to worry about like, where was I? Let me try to figure out an, an old save. Uh, so I just did a new playthrough and I fell off of it before i got to a point where i could start the dlc so i (laughs) so if i jump back in there i've got two dlcs now to play but i've been too busy with other things to actually get to it 
but at some point I do want to play it. I highly recommend The Outer Worlds. It's a very good game. And uh, this most recent one is sort of a murder mystery type of thing that I've heard is very good. Yeah, I always meant to pick it up because I love Fallout New Vegas, but I just like never had the time. And then it was going to come out. On, I think it came out on Switch. And it I was did, like, Maybe yeah. I should play it on Switch. And I realized that probably that was not the way to play it. I probably should play it on my computer. And I just never downloaded it. Yeah, it did come to Switch. I heard there was some performance issues. Um, yeah, for me, th- that's to be expected. For me, the main thing is just like I don't want to control a first-person shooter with the Joy Cons. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I I played it on PC and I really enjoyed it. Uh, what do we got next? Oh yeah, so you were briefly talking about CD Projekt Red and uh, Cyberpunk and maybe like what they might show off if they've got any like DLC or anything like that, or just like some Mm. major uh, bug fixes for to show off at E3. I don't know if we'll see any of that, but they did announce patch 1.2 and it does fix some stuff that bothered me during my playthrough. Like uh, there, there was an issue where, and it wasn't really a bug. It was just like designed that way where, if you committed a crime, which was fairly easy to do accidentally, <laughs> if you were like getting into a shootout with some like thugs in the street, like you might accidentally shoot some random civilian that just happened to be too close by. Um, mm-hmm. And when you did that, like a police officer would just immediately appear behind you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they fixed that and made it so that um if you do commit a crime, there's like they'll send a drone to come like sort of spot things out and figure out what's going on. And it, it'll take a little bit of time for the police to actually show up. So that's a a nice change that also makes sense like within the world. So that's a good yeah, change. I agree. Um, they also uh, cha- made some changes to the driving to make steering easier, especially on PC. It was kind of Ooh. one of those situations where like, there's not really levels of pressing in a key. So like it it was either a hundred percent you're turning or a hundred percent you're not turning. And so (laughs) driving was not fun uh, on mouse and keyboard. Uh, It was not as bad when I played on stadia with a controller, but on PC it was real rough. So they Mm -hmm. have made it so that you can, um, go into the settings and dial down the sensitivity, I think, to make it so that um, steering should be better. So that's good. And then they also made it so that you can turn off dodging uh, in the settings, which I never did on purpose. It was always an accident. I was just trying to move and I would accidentally, it would think I was double tapping the movement keys. And so I would just randomly dodge. And so that got on my nerves as well. So they, those are three fairly big things that irritated me during my playthrough, but like not enough to make me want to quit playing. They were just sort of little nuisances. Um, so quality of life changes, good stuff. And if I hadn't already finished the game, I would be excited about these. But um, I don't know. Are you where are you at with that? Are you thinking about jumping back in at all? Yeah, I keep meaning to. I. I had a long, for a long time, I was trying to grind out and get 20 intelligence so that I could start uh, just doing crazy hacking stuff. And I, I attained that. 
during a mission. And then I finished that mission. And I was like, all right, I have a bunch more stuff I want to do. And then I just got busy. Uh, so I'm at a point where I just got to level 20 intelligence, but I haven't really played with it yet. And so I will jump back in eventually, but I don't know. Pro- I mean, this patch is great, and maybe it will revitalize my interest and grab push me back in. But for now, I who knows? Maybe I'll play it this weekend. I don't know. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the story. I am curious on how things end up for you if you make different decisions along the way. Yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to be a good guy, but uh, I definitely have failed some missions, and I have not cared enough to like reload a save and try to do them better. I feel like it almost depends more on how you build your relationship with Johnny mm. than whether you make good decisions or are successful in like side missions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I, I don't know what the threshold is, but I know you can like hit the pause menu and check. There's like a certain percentage or whatever of what you've done with Johnny, I think. Yes, and yeah. I want to say uh, it's like 60 or 70 percent. Like if you're there, then you can get like some you have some different options towards the end, I think. Hmm. But I don't know the extent of that. And it makes me curious to like actually go back in and maybe like try to run through that final mission again and see if things turn out differently. Also, up, uh, speaking of updates, Fallout 76 availed unveiled updates uh for the rest of this year uh which is cool they're still doing stuff with that game i actually jumped back in like a week or two ago just for like one night just to to play a little bit i keep meaning to to put more time into it it's it's one of those games that's kind of like a little bit like destiny for me where i just like get into in the mood for it and i will jump Mm. in for uh, like a a week or two and i'll just play a whole bunch and then i'll just sort of fall off of it again um and yeah it every time i jump back in like there's a bunch of new stuff like of course recently i guess it's not that recent but they added npcs of course and there's been like a whole bunch of dlc i know they've got like a whole bunch of brotherhood of steel stuff that has been added and they're still like adding more stuff uh, to go along with that. Um, mm. But like the other week I jumped in and um, of course they have like their versions of, um, you know, when you go on patrol in destiny, there are those like live events that happen. Oh yeah. So they have like versions of the, of those types of thing happening all the time. And so I jumped into one of those and there was a whole bunch of people and it was like this parade like the, if anybody that's played a lot of Fallout 76 this is like super old news, but like it was fun to just like, I don't know, you're you're sort of protecting this like marching band of like robots going from <laughs> one town to another or whatever. And there's like a bunch of things that pop up and try to come attack them. So you just have to shoot them. Uh, and there was like uh, a bunch of people running around doing that. And it was fun to just like see a bunch of different people in the game because uh, you realize fairly quickly that the people that are into the game are super into the game because <laughs> I'm like level 30 something and these people were like 400, 500. Whoa. Like the, the, they never stopped playing the game apparently. So, Is there a cap? Is there a level cap? There is a cap in terms of like 
what you can do with your perks and like your um how much unlocks you can get but there's not really a level cap if that makes sense hmm but yeah it's it's interesting i also uh one of the reasons it made me want to jump back into it is i was listening to uh the min max show not that long ago and leo leo Mm -hmm. vader on that show was talking about how he's been playing it a bunch lately and he's been really into it and i was like yeah i like that game too i should get back into it but i've had too much other stuff going on so yeah uh it's it's a weird weird thing it's like not it's not a great game but when you get into (laughs) it uh there is like more to it than you think there's gonna be and you just if you're in the right headspace for it it's a lot of fun I mean, I get that. I get. I I am a big proponent of weird, persistent worlds that you can visit with friends, and I could I could definitely see having some fun just like messing around in this universe. Yeah, and every now and then I'll tune in to like I'll just like check Twitch and see if any like I'll just go to like the Fallout seventy six directory and see what's going on. Like I don't actually follow any of the streamers from that, but I just like want to see what what's happening every once in a while. And like their version of like raids is, of course, when people drop that nuke or whatever, and then the big mm. uh, crazy uh, beast thing comes out, and they there there's always a ton of people there, and they're like level one thousand or something. It's just like wow, this is insane. But also, um, you have perks but you can also when you get irradiated you get these weird like things that happen to you and one of them is i think called marsupial where you can jump super high (laughs) um oh i didn't know that there's like there's other ones too that just are really really interesting that makes me want to like figure out the path of how to make those work i know you have to use a perk that like locks in your mod modifications from um from being irradiated and you have to lock those in so that when you use rad away or whatever to get rid of your rads you don't also lose your your perks from being irradiated <laughs> um but yeah you can do some like really crazy silly stuff with all of that that makes um building your character that much more interesting hmm. but Let's move on to something else. Let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima and the fact that it's going to have a movie adaptation by the director of John Wick. Now, this was a game that was already very cinematic. Like, you could basically play it uh, as a movie, like black and white and whatnot, like as an old samurai movie. Do you think this would make for a good movie adaptation, the story of the game? Yeah, I mean... I can see that making a good movie, but also like it just it's sort of weird to acknowledge Ghost of Tsushima was like a cinematic thing that was like heavily inspired by movies like Mm -hmm. old samurai movies. And now there's going to be a movie based on this game that's based on these movies. You know, (laughs) it's a little (laughs) like what is that? There's like a line in the office where Michael Scott's like driving and he's like, do you mind if I put on my audio book and he's like it's the novelization of the movie based on the book by something it's like some (laughs) like really i don't know too many layers or whatever but 
I own the novelization of the movie Hackers. Do you? It's not great. It's not a great adaptation. Uh, I think it could have used a once-over by an editor because there are a couple of scenes in it where characters pop up that aren't in those scenes. I think they just wrote the wrong name. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know they did I a mean, novelization for that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a good thing to have on the shelf, but, uh, I mean, the movie is better, I think. Well, I, I don't think that this uh, Ghost of Tsushima movie is going to happen anytime soon because I feel like there's another John Wick movie in the works. So it's going to have to be after that. Uh, and yeah. who knows whether something will fall Wait, through. Wait, I thought but... the guy who directed John Wick isn't directing the next John Wick. Oh, is he not? I thought... It... No, I think they took it away from him. Oh, well, then maybe this will happen sooner than I thought. Possible. I will watch this. I need to get on that game. Yeah. I just like... Haven't had a good time to dive in for whatever. I've been so busy these last couple months, but that is one that I really did want to play. It was my number one game from last year. I really enjoyed it. I liked the combat. I I thought it was uh, a gorgeous setting, and the story was pretty good too. So I I can see it making a good movie. I, I feel like it might lose something in translation just... I don't know. I mean, all games to an extent lose something in translation, but like that, the Mortal Kombat game look or game, the movie for that looks like they've done a pretty good job, at least translating some of that. But like, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. What if they, what are they going to do? Like the Hollywood thing where it's like set in some Midwestern town and it's like a bunch of teens. What? For Ghost of Tsushima. (laughs) What if it's like Ghosts of Arkansas? Mm, I hope they don't do that. <laughs> they, I don't think they will because I think they're finally like uh, casting people as their races. But I feel like if this was made in the early 2000s, they would have just like adapted it to be like, yeah, this is going to be in like uh, North Dakota. Oh, I, I'm thinking specifically now that you're mentioning this of the Death Note uh, yes. Well, was that a movie or a TV show that they did? I think it was like a Netflix. I want. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't. It Netflix, might have been a movie. I think it was a Netflix movie, and it was set in like Seattle or something like that. Awful. It was. That and that was, was like when they were one of the times, one of the many times they have said like, "Oh yeah, we're making a a live action American Akira movie." It was going to be set in New York, and I was just like, "Come on, man! <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it right." <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I guess it's an adaptation, whatever, but, like, still, come on. Yeah. Uh, So, also, a thing we should mention, uh, the internet is referring to this as the day Mario dies, but it's it's, uh, March 31st. You can no longer get Super Mario 3D All-Stars. That's also true. There's this, like, Fire Emblem game that they have that's, like supposed to be i think it's it was never released in the u.s and it was like one of the original fire emblem games and it's only like five bucks but like those are going away uh on march i have a hot take about this okay i am excited for this day really because it means the year of the mario anniversary is concluding and they can begin the year of the zelda anniversary oh that's interesting so now that like right now everything on Switch is still like Mario stuff. Like if you go to the uh, Nintendo store, it's like a little cat Mario that runs across as it's loading and whatnot. Like 
that's all great. But this is like this is going to be the canonical end to the Mario. Like, what is it? Twenty fifth anniversary. Thirty fifth. Yeah. Um, and now they can start with like Zelda stuff, which I'm hoping means we're going to get a direct pretty soon. That's going to be about Breath of the Wild, which would be great for me. But who knows? I mean, with COVID and everything, maybe they're going to wait until the summer to do that. Do you think they'll do like a a Zelda? 3d all-stars and bring back like a bunch of old games and then have them set on like a strict timetable where you have to buy them and then they'll go away so i mean so the the only thing they've done so far is make that uh what's the spit the sky one skyward sword Mm -hmm. is coming out arguably the worst one uh and they were like hey check this out this is happening at some point everybody wanted like a an N64 remaster type thing where it's like, you know, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, maybe Wind Waker also. If they did that, that would make so much money and they're not doing it for some reason. And I feel like maybe they're waiting for this 35th anniversary to do that. I think they very much could do that. uh, And I would be pro that. I just, I don't know like what's happening with like the pandemic and whatnot. If they had plans that are not happening anymore, if they're scaling them back or what's going on. This could be just one of those things that they like, over the summer when they do E3 or whatever, virtual E3, they just do this huge Zelda Direct. I would love that. And I I hope that happens. I mean, I hope it does too. Um, I don't, but with them having already announced Skyward Sword, part of me is like, they're probably not going to also unveil like another remaster slash remake at this point. At least not this year, but so I feel like if they do a Zelda E3 presentation of some sort, it'll be more geared towards Breath of the Wild 2, which I mean, I would love that too, but yeah, that would be great. Part of me still wishes they had some different like remakes or remasters to announce that were not Skyward I'm sure Sword. it will be, I think this summer when they talk about Breath of the Wild 2, they will also talk about that new switch pro that is like constantly being rumored there was like a new thing this week or last week about uh this new nvidia chip that it's going to use or something oh yeah and that i think the rumor was that it was going to launch end of 2021 so like around the holidays that would be great i would love for breath of the wild 2 or whatever it's called breath of the wild subheading whatever uh to be released this year with a new switch pro model that would be something i that would be a great cap to 2021 it would be but also most likely we wouldn't be able to get one <laughs> true yeah i'm so glad i'm not actively trying to be apply uh purchase a playstation 5 because it seems like it's a real head it has been i've been off and on trying to get on that train and just be like because i i've i follow this this twitter thing where they will literally be like it's now in stock at these places (laughs) and like at least five times i've gone to it's always best buy that's like here you go like you can you can actually add this to your cart and i will do that and then when you go to check out it's like we're not delivering to any store within like 500 miles of you so you can't (laughs) actually buy this it's just like why Why can't you just put it on a truck and send it with everything else that you're going to send to the stores nearby? 
It's like Ikea. Like, I don't get why you can't just get stuff from Ikea globally. Yeah. Uh, you should just be able to they, order like, it online and have it shipped to you. I don't know why that's a thing. Yeah, like, what's the difference? I, it doesn't make sense. Well, should we get into... I guess it's what we've been playing, but it's also, like, our our feature for this week. We're going to talk about Loop Hero because... Have you been playing I Loop Hero? I have been playing Loop Hero. Oh my God. How do you like it? I am really enjoying it. I really like the aesthetic of it. The music's great. And it is a game that basically defies explanation because it is, it has elements of tower defense, it has elements mm-hmm. of like deck builder, uh, elements of um, an idle game, it has elements of uh, sort of like a builder type of game, but it's also none of those things. And like, if you watch, if you try to watch gameplay of it, it's just not going to give you a good sense of like how fun it actually is to play. Um, Cause you're not, you're almost not even playing it either. You're just sort of like no, it's watching a- it and then like, but you have to actively watch it too. Yeah, it's a great, it's great for, I have like a thing I have to do once a month for my job where I basically just like connect into a bunch of random servers, press like two buttons and wait for them to run updates. And this is a great thing to do while I'm doing that because I can just like not look at it for a second and uh, like do a little bit of work and go back to it. It's like a great uh, podcast game also. Yeah, it it is the perfect podcast game or like. I, I'm more of like a TV show watcher when I game. Like I'll put a TV show, usually something I've already seen before and something that's fairly lighthearted and not necessarily like um, continuous storytelling. So that like a, a sitcom is like a perfect thing to put on in the background for when, when I'm gaming. And mm. I, I've been rewatching Farscape recently and loop hero has been kind of like the perfect thing to just like keep my hands busy while i'm watching a show (laughs) yeah Uh, and like you just every once in a while you're like oh i gotta upgrade my armor i gotta upgrade my sword so let me click and drag this over there and then like you just let him go on his way now it's great i recently unlocked the rogue class Ah. And I gave that a shot. And what I realized fairly early on is that the warrior class has like, I feel like is more survivable, but yeah. doesn't hit as hard. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Cause the, I don't know. I, I, so I have all three classes right now, unless there's a, a fourth one I'm not aware of. But uh, the one I've played the least of is the thief, mainly because uh, it's not as survivable, and also it does that thing where you like pocket all of your items until you complete the loop, so yeah, you can't look at all your stuff. That makes it much harder because you're not upgrading stuff as often. Yeah, which I'm not super into. But uh, the necromancer and the warrior, I have a lot of fun with. I how far in did you have to get before you could unlock the necromancer i beat the first boss uh twice i think and then i started doing the basically chapter two which is harder and i just grinded or ground it a bunch (laughs) um like i would i went back to chapter one and just did chapter one like three or four times while i was just doing other stuff 
and eventually you get enough to unlock the like the library or i forget exactly maybe it's like a crypt you unlock that gets you the necromancer and then when i got that i uh just kept playing and i have maybe two-thirds of the buildings unlock unless there's more that i'm unaware of later on but it just takes a couple more grindings like an important thing is to not always try to beat the boss just like get as far as you can get the boss to start happening and then just like peace out before you get back and like with all your stuff and uh that allows you like all those materials really build up if you do like two or three uh adventures or like expeditions uh, expeditions yeah um yeah i'm still you can finally start to build still stuff relatively early on like i have not put in as much time as you but uh mm-hmm. i noticed that like of course the big boss coming is directly tied to how much stuff you're building and so mm-hmm. like the first time i got the boss to show up i got destroyed because he was hitting <laughs> me for like 200 damage like every time he swung at me and I was hitting like for like 30 or 40 damage. And I of course did not have a huge health bar to withstand very many hits. And so I was like, man, I don't even like, I didn't even come close to taking him down. So like, I'm not sure if I just summoned the boss way too early. And so I tried mm-hmm. a thing like I'm um, the next run or two that I had where um, I would get that the boss bar fairly full and then i would just stop building and i would just let my warrior Ah. go around the loop and just i kept like armoring up and like getting better gear um and then i chickened out anyway (laughs) and i was just like i have a ton (laughs) of resources that i would hate to lose like 60 percent of or whatever it is and so i just like went back and uh, got some upgrades from my village or whatever but that's the way to do it but uh yeah so that was a little trick i learned that um you can be a little bit more uh strategic about when or even if you bring the boss in so that was helpful but i need to get back to it i I have not played in a, a little while but i'm really enjoying it i i like watched a trailer for it and i watched somebody play a little bit on twitch initially and i was like this looks like a capo game but i'm not sure if this is for me (laughs) and then uh we started talking about it i think on our last show and i decided to go in and and give it a shot because it was only like 12 bucks and yeah it's cheap right now uh and yeah i uh, like immediately fell in love with it so (laughs) so i get it i get the hype behind this one like i don't know what the developer has said about it like if they have a roadmap or something but this game is like one that i feel like it's primed for more content oh like yeah more classes and more things to do like more cards basically so i'm excited to see like where it ends up like a year from now yeah like a year or two from now i feel like this it could be like you know stardew valley is like constantly getting new stuff and they're oh, yeah. like not yeah, doing stardew sure. valley 2 they're just like constantly adding more stuff onto it i feel like loop hero mm-hmm. is that type of game that could, could just like constantly be getting new stuff and that would just be great. evolving that. in really interesting ways so I don't I like I have not played Valheim yet. I feel like Valheim and Loop Hero are sort of the two big games so far this year that have been like they sort of came out and took over the internet a little bit and had like this huge spotlight on them for a while. Um 
And I mean, that happens every year for some games. And most of the time, those games are not particularly like my type of game. Um, but this one really worked for me. I don't know. You've played Valheim. A little bit, yeah. Is that something I should play, especially if I'm not like big on survival or building games? I don't know. I've, so I've played it a little bit, but it has not grabbed me for whatever reason. Although one time I, like the first time I did play it, I felt a little sick and I just like wanted to stop playing it. Um, not like unrelated to the game. It just like was a, a coincidence that I didn't want to be looking at a screen at that moment. Yeah. And I played it again and like, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, but for whatever reason, it is not just like, like if I load into like a new Minecraft world, that's something where I'm like, I can see the potential and I'll play this for a couple hours and see what I can find. But for whatever reason, I, I don't have that itch when I load into a Valheim world. And I, I don't know, maybe it's, I need to play it more, but, um, at the moment, it's not something that I am super jazzed about. Yeah. I like, I've never been one for building games. Like, I we've talked about Fallout like I played a bunch of Fallout 4 and a bunch of Fallout 76 and like there's building aspects of those games as well and it's just that's the whole system is just not something that I even do anything with like I get why people are Mm -hmm. into it but it's not been like the type of game that I'm into uh so I don't know I probably will not end up playing any of that game and it'll just be this game (laughs) and another one of those games that like everybody loves but i just didn't bother with yeah i think that's fine all right so what is this game that you wanted to tell me about i feel like we have talked about this before uh maybe not though Uh, i used to play this a long time ago because it was free a long time ago and it has since it's like now a subscription where you have to pay two dollars a month if you want to which is not terrible but um, you've never heard of GeoGuessr? No. GeoGuessr is a game where maybe, maybe as I describe it, you will remember it. Um, basically, you load into a Google Street View, and you have to sort of guess where you are on a map, and then you can, uh, like, the closer you get, the more points you get. Uh, and I used to play it all the time. I want to say in like college, and then I came back to it recently because my brother was talking about it and now it's subscription based so it's kind of like a a pain if you want to play it i get it i mean two dollars a month is not terrible but uh the reason i got back into it is because there's this whole scene of guys who are super into geoguessr who are like wizards at it um specifically this guy geo wizard who is this english guy that i watch but he'll load in and he'll do these challenges where he, like, can't move in the Google Street View. Some of them, he can't even, like, move the viewpoint around. And some of them, it's just, like, you can't even, uh, like, walk forward or whatever. And some of them, he'll do, like, only 10 seconds per round. And he is so good at it. Like, he'll drop into a place and he'll be like, yeah, this looks like Lithuania. Uh, let's find right here. And then he'll do it and he'll be, like, 59 yards away or something. It's fascinating to watch. <laughs> Because uh, they just have, like, such a knowledge of, like, what areas look like. Uh, it's very interesting. And you'll learn stuff, too. Like, I've been watching a bunch of his videos, and he'll be like, yeah, these, this type of, uh, like, license plate is, like, a Polish license plate. Or, like, look at this kind of building. This makes me think that it is in, you know, South America. 
I hope it's not like he hates when things drop in Brazil because Brazil is like so giant. Um, but it's really, really interesting to watch. Uh, and so Geocaster, I think there is maybe a free version that is not as good, but it is very fun to play with a group of people and just like share your screen and try to figure out where you are and like, don't look up like phone numbers or anything if you find phone numbers. But, uh, it's a, it's a great little thing that, um, will teach you about the world. That seems like it would be fun, but I also feel like I would be terrible at it. I'll send you a video. I think you're going to like, uh, I think you're going to like it. Okay. Uh, but what I've been playing most lately is Persona 5 Strikers. I was getting a video together for this. It may be up by the time this podcast goes up or it may come out a day or two after. Um, but I'm trying to wrap it up because Monster Hunter Rise just came out and I do want to play that as well. And a few days uh, from the time this podcast goes up, uh, Outriders will be out and I know I'm going to be playing that. So a lot of stuff happening, but uh, no, Persona 5 Strikers is a lot of fun. It's uh, sort of a continuation of Persona 5, but with that action-oriented like combo-style combat from like Dynasty Warriors or um, Hyrule Warriors, that style of combat, which I've never played before, so it was interesting to sort of go hands-on with that style of combat. Mm. Uh, almost makes me want to go back and try Hyrule Warriors, actually. I've heard it's very um, good. Like the... It- like the all the art direction and sound direction make you feel like you're playing a Breath of the Wild game, even though you're clearly not. Yeah, I don't. I forget who the developer is. I don't remember. Yeah, but they are excellent at just like adapting somebody else's franchise to their style of game. Like <laughs> pers- it, it does look and feel exactly like you're in a persona game like you're in persona five but they have like really um i don't want to say dumbed down because that makes it sound bad but they've like streamlined is maybe the word i'm looking for but they mm-hmm. like persona five is sort of there's kind of a lot of systems to it and there's a lot happening in terms of like if you it, it plays out like day after day right it's on a calendar system where you can only do so many activities before it's like okay it's the end of the day and the calendar is going to move forward a day it's sort of um stardew valley but instead of like it being on an actual timer it's more like activity based so like if you do Mm. you have to choose you have like maybe two time slots that you have available and you have to choose okay i want to go into the metaverse and do some battles to like level up my my characters and get stronger that way and maybe find Mm. some items and stuff or i want to like do the relationship building stuff and like talk to people and um get to know my my the characters in my party or i want to like do some sort of activity that will make my main character stronger uh and some sort of like base stat that will increase And so you have to choose those things. And I always felt like I was not making the right choices. And I was worried (laughs) that I was going to get into a situation where I had not done enough, like, grinding to make my um, 
characters strong in battle and I would hit this boss battle that I would not be able to beat and it would just be like well I'm I'm on rails like I can't go back and go grind now like what do I do mm-hmm. um so I was always a little bit stressed out playing that game and Persona 5 Strikers removes all of that <laughs> and makes it so that <laughs> you you don't have to worry about you know time slots or the days advancing you can just like you have all the time in the world to go into the metaverse and um, do combat and build up your characters and get stronger that way. And then you can also jump out of the metaverse and go like buy healing items and like do everything else and then go back into the metaverse again. And so you're free to do that as much as you want. And so like the stress of like the time system in persona five is completely gone. So I love that, but they also sort of stripped away all of the like relationship building aspects, which is a little bit of a bummer, but you're also dealing with characters that you've supposedly, if you've played Persona 5, you already know. Um, so this game doesn't really have any of that, which is sort of a knock against it, but not too bad because, again, you already know these characters if you've played that game. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, and I... It took me a little while to adjust to the combat just because there's like so many characters on screen or so many enemies on screen and like the camera doesn't really it's it's not great at making it so that you can see everyone all at once just because there's so many Um, and so it it is a harder game than I thought it was going to be but it is one of those games that's fun to like learn all the combos of the different characters and mm-hmm. um yeah i've been really impressed with it actually so i recommend it but i recommend if you're gonna play it play persona 5 first <laughs> which is like uh how many hours oh, would you say that game like was? 150 you know it's it's <laughs> it's knock it out in a week you'll you'll be fine <laughs> yeah if you have nothing else to do <laughs> i wanted to touch on this briefly uh Apex Legends came out for Switch, uh, and I was like, oh, I'll download that, and then you can select to only play with other Switch users, so I'll be, like, good at it. Um, So I downloaded it. You can definitely tell it's a game on Switch. Like, the graphic fidelity is not great. It also bugged out for me, and I couldn't get through the tutorial mission, like, three times, and I finally got through the tutorial mission, and I set it to only play with people on Switch, and it just like is infinitely queuing so i've never been able to play it really and i yeah and i don't want to play it like cross-platform because i have heard that like when you get into intense firefights it really starts to judder um also like so that's been a bit of a bummer i feel like it would be hard to shoot from a distance with the switch version hard to tell yeah um but I, I, every once in a while, I'll load it up and be like, well, maybe if I try it now, there will be more people playing. But I have not had success yet. Another thing I've been doing is I have not downloaded these or purchased them, but I've been watching playthroughs of the Doom Eternal oh, DLCs, yeah. the second one that just came out. Um, and they look fun. They look way too yeah. hard for me. Like, I would get frustrated playing them. But they're enjoyable, and the story is very interesting. And it seemed to... I mean, uh, I'm halfway through the second DLC right now, and it seems to be wrapping up. Like, there's a big bad that, uh, I mean, maybe he gets away in the end. But um, 
it seems like it's I don't know if there's going to be another DLC after this. There probably is actually going to be another. And then it'll culminate in basically you being completely victorious. But I don't know what it means for the future of uh, the Doom franchise. Um, I don't know where they go from Really here, big implications for it, huh? The lore-wise, yeah. Because the, the person I'm watching play it like reads all of the lore pages and you're learning all about it. And it seems like this is this is the person that's been pulling all the strings from the very beginning and they 100% are going to... I guess I don't know. Maybe they're going to die. Maybe they're not going to die. But um, it seems like it's coming to a head with a battle with them. But, you should um, send me a link to that because I watched a guy play some of it on Twitch and it did seem like really hard, like he was struggling with it. But yeah, uh, yeah. is this... Maybe you don't know this, but um, is this like a separate chapter that you load into or is this like part of the main story? Yeah. When you load into Doom Eternal now... It says, like, continue campaign, and then below that it says DLC 1, and below that it says DLC 2. So they're completely separate, and they take place after the main gotcha. game. Yeah, I uh, I love Doom Eternal, but I don't know. I would probably watch this, but not play it. I agree. Um, I've also been watching some things. I, I watched the first episode of that new Invincible show on Amazon Prime. Are you familiar with that? I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with this. It's by that uh, Kirkman guy who did Walking Dead. Um, this is another one of his comics. Um, I did not love it. Um, <laughs> they dropped the first three episodes this this Friday, and then they're going to have, like I think, five more episodes that come out on a weekly basis. But uh, it's a very, very dark superhero show. Um, and I don't know that I want that at this period of my life. <laughs> um, did you watch the boys? What? Did you watch the boys? I watched the first like two or three episodes of the boys. And that also was just like much too much for me. I feel, <laughs> um, I get it. And I see the appeal of it, but, um, I don't know. It's not what I'm looking for. Also the animation in it is like really hit or miss. Like sometimes it looks great. And other times it looks like someone has just like, taken a stock Photoshop image and is just like clicking and holding on a character and moving them around in that world. Like it looks rough sometimes, like they push it out or something, but uh, it's not the kind of animation that I enjoy. Um, So a mixed review from Aaron on Invincible. Hmm. I probably will not continue to watch it. I was not aware of it, so I'm fine not checking it out, I guess. I also watched the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I have not watched the second episode yet, but I am able to determine right now that it's probably not as good as WandaVision, which was very not, very good, I would say. Um, but that's TBD. I'll have more to say about that as more episodes come out. But the thing that has exceeded my expectations week to week and been very good the entire time is season four the final season of attack on titan the finale of which is happening tomorrow as we record this but i think that it's only the mid-season finale it's like the finale of uh the first half of the final season although i'm not sure things appear to be really coming to a head but i think a lot of stuff would have to happen in this episode for it to really conclude um but it's been great attack on titan is Possibly one of the best animes ever made. Um, very, really? very good. Yes, I should go back and watch that. I, I uh... very hard to not have spoilers because there are like two or three insane things that happen in it that were not spoiled for me, and I 
was just like watching at two or three in the morning and they happened and I was just like, oh my God. And it was like blowing my mind. Um, <laughs> so if you are able to not be spoiled by it, definitely try to go in blind. But a bunch of very cool stuff happens in that show. You're just watching it on Crunchyroll? I am, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm behind. I I liked that show. I just am a little ways behind. I need to get caught up. Where did but. you leave off? Uh, I don't remember if I even made it. Like, I for sure watched the first season. I don't remember if I watched the second one or not. So I'm that far behind. I got a lot of catching up to you do. You were talking about getting Crunchyroll and downloading some of that uh, Persona anime. I would recommend also checking out Attack on Titan because it is, it's top notch, I have to say. Like every, it's similar to, I think I was talking to my friend and he was like, you know, a lot of TV shows will be great and then they'll just like not follow up on their promises. Like Lost, for instance, was great for a couple seasons and then it just like became a real slog and the finale was like what's happening right now what does this all mean we don't really know it's like a mystery box attack on titan though has like solid payoffs for everything and is constantly intense and crazy and like very cool stuff is going on i can't say enough good things about it now that you mention it that happens to a lot of shows that i and i hadn't even thought about it that like a lot of shows just don't ever end up fulfilling their potential. For a lot of Attack on Titan, off. they're trying to get to a basement that the main character's uh, dad was like, oh yeah, you got to check out. The-. In the first episode, he was like, you know what? Let's check out this. When you get back from whatever you're doing, let's check out this basement. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you about some stuff. And then a bunch of stuff happens. Like three seasons, like two and a half or three seasons of stuff happens they get to that basement and you're like, it can't be as great as like, this is what we've been leading up to. It's going to be kind of a letdown. And it is 100% not. It was not what I was expecting. And it's uh, crazy. Huh. So it's not a disappointment like Bran becoming king in Game of Thrones. I don't know what you're saying right now. Man, what a waste that <laughs> show was. Never watch Game of Thrones. You got it. I... Uh, I own seasons that will never get watched again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all. You said you've been watching some stuff, right? Uh, mainly just Farscape. I I already mentioned it. I've been rewatching Farscape and Red Dwarf, uh, just because I love those shows and they're nice. I've seen them before, so I kind of know what's going on. So I can just kind of have them on in the background, and so that's why like playing loop hero or persona yeah. five like just grinding in uh either one of those games has been sort of my nightly ritual uh i'll just put on one of those shows and just like grind for a while in one of those games and it's been very fun very relaxing and it's been nice to revisit those shows so why don't you hit me with your parting wisdom Hmm, I should have prepared for this. But um, do you know what I did today before we recorded? No. Something I have been doing, like, not every weekend, but uh, with five free time. Now that it's nice out and it's actually fun to drive around and not like a barren, frozen tundra, <laughs> uh, I like to go to Goodwill and just, like, look around because Goodwill has crazy stuff all the time. I'm looking for specifically, like, a chest of drawers at the moment that I would turn into some sort of kitchen island. But uh, day to day, hour by hour, Goodwills are 
like dramatically different. Uh, like they're always putting out new stuff. People are always donating stuff. So if you're looking for furniture for your place, this is like something everyone knows. But uh, it's a good time to just like go to a bunch of Goodwills. I'm in uh, the vicinity of three that I can get to fairly quickly. And uh, it's a fun little weekend to just like drive around, you know, get some food from a drive-thru and just like wander into a Goodwill for maybe like five minutes just to peruse their furniture area or look at their little knickknacks. Um, but it's great. I found a weird little shelf. I found a like a cow uh, tray for putting soap on. That's great. <laughs> Who knows where it came from, but uh, I got it for $2. Um, so yeah, go check out your local Goodwill. Goodwill is just like a giant garage sale. It is. A store that is a garage sale. Full of wonderful things. Sometimes you'll even find crazy stuff in the electronics section. I have not found that to be the case yet, but uh, I've just I've seen you know posts online of people who are like, oh yeah, here's an N64, or like uh, here's a perfectly good widescreen monitor that someone gave away for some reason. Hmm. Here's an empty PC case that is a great case, but it has nothing in it. But that's perfect if you want to start a PC build. Yeah. You can find some real gems there, I, I would assume. It's true. And that's my parting wisdom. That's some good advice. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at Starside Cafe. Uh, leave us a review, actually. I haven't mentioned this in a while, but it, it would help if you, uh, on what, whatever app you use to listen to the show, or if you just go to iTunes, leave us a review there. That'll help. Uh, also, share share us on whatever social platform you prefer uh and uh yeah follow our our youtube channel we got stuff there uh got a persona 5 strikers video going up this week and uh yeah we'll catch you on the next one goodbye goodbye